Welcome to the Transformation Church weekly follow-up podcast, where we get to follow up, break down, and discuss last Sunday's message. Our goal is to help create context and drive conversation to learn more about what God has for us. Now let's join our team as we gain deeper insight into this week's message. Hey guys, welcome back to the Transformation Church weekly follow-up podcast. I'm Justin Oswald, the executive pastor of TC. Back again with me today is our lead pastor, Brad Livingston. What's up, guys? Good to be back. Another week, another sermon, another follow-up podcast. And uh, before it gets too crazy uh, on the podcast and before we talk about whatever it is Justin's going to say that's inappropriate, uh, <laughs> we <laughs> we got we got a, a first, he's a, it's his first time on the podcast, been rocking with us for a little while now, my man Nate. So Nate, say what's up to everybody. What's up, everybody? How's it going? <laughs> so um, Nate is a, number one, he's just, he's such a nice guy. Uh, so yeah. <laughs> so he's, he, he's. That's he's, a running joke they have here. I yeah. mean, I'm nice. I'm, it's not that I'm not nice, but, <laughs> yeah. you know. How do you defend that, right? Like, no, 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 I'm not. No, no. Like, <laughs> I'm not, like yeah, I'm just, I just hear it all the time from so many people that like staff and like people yeah. have been here for a while and it's just. Such a nice guy. <laughs> <laughs> so and then he's he's hands down the coldest dresser at tc so like so yeah you it, like double whammy super nice drip out the world nah, i appreciate it and yeah. uh no and, they, and he's humble too look at him. he doesn't know what, no. he doesn't even know what to do with it he's like ah <laughs> compliments on compliments on compliments. Oh man, Thank no, it's humbleness is overrated. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm the most humble person I know. Yeah. So, oh, I'm I'm saturated with. I'm humility. the best at being humble. <laughs> yeah, it sounds sounds like it. So. Yeah. Oh man, yeah, no, no, no. It's uh, yeah, Nate, Nate, first time on the podcast. Yeah, it's a pleasure. Thanks for having me, bro. You've been Appreciate at TC it. for how long? Uh, uh, a year and some change. I say a year and a couple months. I got here like August of 2019. So, okay. Yeah. So yeah. it's been, it's been a little Yeah. Bit. Right. We, we hadn't been at AMC long when you, when you rolled up, huh? Yeah. In the Navy. In the Navy. Yeah. yeah. Active. Thank you to all the veterans out there. Veterans Day. Yes, shout out. Yeah. Veterans we're day. recording on veterans, veterans day. day. Yeah. Yeah. Good shout out. Pretty so, crazy. um, yeah, man. So Nate's been rocking with us for a little while and, uh, now he's interning at the church uh in yeah. pipeline and just the list head goes up, on head right? up the young adults yep and so he's cool. he yeah. uh him and him and leah head up the young adults uh small groups um serves on our next steps team yeah <laughs> serves, it's, it's a good time yeah I enjoy yeah. it I nate's enjoy in a number of places uh, your service host some weeks whenever yeah oh yeah uh, this sunday i'll be a service host so are you, are you hosting this week yeah come on yeah It'll be fun. Yeah. So uh, a lot of places. Nate, Nate, uh, Nate pops up a few places here at TC, but. I can hear you. Oh, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, so a uh, good time. But Sunday was a good day, man. We've been, we, there's this Choose Joy series. It's pretty good. Something else. Or so we've heard. Pretty good. Pretty <laughs> That's uh, I, I don't yeah. think anybody will get that reference, but if you do, you're my friend. Yeah. No. Uh. It's, uh, I mean, if I do say so myself, I'm preaching it. So it's a little weird for me to say, but it's, it's what we've been, the feedback we've been hearing yeah. is that it's been really good. Of course, for you're about as unbiased as Fox News. So. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> that was a total joke. <laughs> I could resist. You uh, didn't, you didn't need to use uh, the word Fox. No. You could have just said news, Justin. <laughs> uh, that was funny. Uh, I couldn't help myself. <laughs> so... Um, yeah, so it's, uh, it's been good. Um, services have been good, man. It's just, it's been cool seeing 
all the new people just rolling in, um, you know, just getting people connected, even in the, in the young adults. I mean, I feel like I almost feel like there's an element that you guys are working overtime trying to get people in small groups. Holy crap. Yeah. <laughs> they're it's, everywhere. It's awesome. It's great. <laughs> yeah. So we've got, uh, I mean, that's popping off. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we're just seeing, we're seeing so many people get connected and, um, so many new people showing up and just trying to assimilate as quickly as possible. Uh, you know, get them, get them in the next steps, get them into small groups. And we're coming up on the end of small groups for the season. And so we're going to take a break in then January. So it's like, man, there's just, so much going on and uh with the interesting part is we haven't even told anyone we're here yet like that's the yeah that's the yeah. kind of catch to the whole thing it's like we're not tell like we don't have we haven't taken out any ads yet or google or facebook or instagram nothing like we're just this is all word of mouth people inviting people and people just finding us you know on looking up churches and finding us but um yeah it's been crazy that's the way to do it <laughs> been awesome best way to do it yeah yeah and shout out to our creative team too who's constantly keeping uh you know all of our images and videos and all that stuff you know they're working super hard and some photography and all the stuff that john heather and the team all of them are constantly doing so shout out to you guys for all you do it's good stuff yep. yeah yeah so, i like that little part at the beginning of choose joy where it's like i got that feeling or that song uh-huh. you, know, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Like that song. I really like that. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Vibing. Yeah. So, but, so here we are. The last part of choose joy, right? Part six. Um, and so, uh, we kind of, I, I don't know if I, you know, I don't know if I say we saved the best for last, but we did save the one for last. Like we intentionally put this one last. Right. Cause we wanted it to be the one that everyone remembered. Um, and I think that the sermon, <laughs> go watch the sermon will be what I'll tell you. Cause it will probably be one you'll remember. Um, <laughs> and so, um, just by the nature of how that day went, I'm not going to give you any spoilers or anything like that, but, um, you know, there's just a, an element of authenticity and realness and, um, vulnerability and talking about our connection to God and all those things and how he's, uh, how our connection to God is just so powerful and he keeps us going and, it's so good. So, um, so essentially what we talked about on Sunday is prayer, right? And, yeah. um, Isaiah 61, three, one through three. Um, but particularly verse three, uh, says that, uh, Jesus is going to come on the scene to give us the oil of joy for mourning, give us the garments of praise for the spirit of heaviness. And like, man, we talk about it. We've talked about it a few times throughout this series, but there is such a heaviness on people right now. Like, just and not even just you know like we said on sunday we said before not just that you don't like your job or your kids losing their mind or you know your relationship is on the fritz or whatever like it's not not just those things those can create heaviness but but like what god has shown us there's a it's a spiritual thing like there's a spiritual heaviness um that's you know on our land on the people of god you know that that is man just it's a lot you know, and so it's a spiritual thing too, and how we have to navigate uh, the way we can choose joy. Where when we choose joy, the, the Jesus is going to give us the oil of joy, so um, a, a an anointing of joy, so the spirit of joy, um, where there would be mourning, and then He's going to give us praise uh, where the spirit of heaviness currently resides. And so, you know, but the thing is, is we have to choose it, right? Everywhere there's an opportunity to choose joy, there's an opportunity to choose something else. And you know? that's true. <laughs> you know, so uh, you're going to encounter on a daily basis opportunities to choose frustration or joy, yeah. sadness or joy you know, anger or joy, you know, 
So choose joy. They're both hard. <laughs> choose your hard. Mm-hmm. I've liked saying. that saying lately. Mm-hmm. I've liked it. Yeah. It's been very applicable. Everything's hard. You just got to choose your heart. That's right. Yeah. I thought about that today when I was, when I was walking, jogging, running today, doing my 5k, do a 5k a day. Um, and (laughs) there was a moment where I was like, I was running up a hill. It was a big enough hill. I didn't feel like doing it today. I'm not gonna lie to you. Like facts or feelings. I did not feel like putting in my 5k today. Matter of fact, I did it three hours later than I usually do. I usually do it sometime between 6 a.m. In 7 a.m., I was doing the junk at like 9.45, like to 10.45. Like it was... Better than me, huh? I hadn't <laughs> ran in a long, I don't know how long. So yes, yeah. I was... But it was... I didn't feel like doing it today. And even like halfway through, and I do... So here's the thing. Here's something like cheat code for people that don't like running. Don't figure out a way where you can pass by your house multiple times while you're doing it, right? So for example, my neighborhood is a loop, right? So it's about a it's about a 0.4 mile loop. So if I wanted to put in a 5k, I could just do that about eight times, right? The problem is I got to pass my house eight times, which means on number five or six, I might just be like, I think I've done enough. You know what I mean? Like I would just roll up in. So I go 1.65 miles away from my house and then come back. That way I don't have, like, I got to get back when I'm going to just sit on the side of the road. Like, so, <laughs> so I make my, it's like a thing where I like, I make it to where like, no, nah, this is just how it's going to go. So, um, but yeah, on the, on the return of the 1.65, I was like, I don't feel like doing this, but it's like, but we're here now. You know what I mean? Like I'm a mile, mile and change away from my house. So like, there's not, it's not like we're not going to go home, you know? So, uh, so anyways, yeah. Well, at least you were real whenever you said, you know, you walked, jogged, and ran. You, didn't, you just didn't say, oh, I ran the whole time. Oh, yeah. No, no, absolutely not. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe one day. Maybe not. I'm cool with either one. But <laughs> No, nah, it sounds terrible. I got nothing to prove. So I'm 33 years old. And, um, yeah, the highlight of my athletic career is over with. I'm well aware <laughs> of that. Like, so like, it hurts for me to get out of bed in the morning. I'm at that age now, you know what I mean, where it's like it hurts to get out of bed and start walking around. You know what I mean? It sounds like a bowl of Rice Krispies, like snap, crackle, pop, you know, like my elbows, my knees, my ankles, and all that stuff. No. My shoulder, I got to get probably shoulder surgery next year. Anyways, not that that has anything to do with it other than we can choose joy. Yes. And it was, oh, when you said choose your heart, and my, that thought went through my mind. It was like, well, the reason I, you know, I want to lose, my game plan is I still want to lose about 70 more pounds. Okay. Personally, Um, because like, I think about how much easier life will be, you know, like playing with the dogs or playing with my nieces or just living life. You know what I mean? Like if if Ashley wants to go mountain climbing, I don't see that happening, but maybe (laughs) she will one day. Like I want to be able to do those things. And so you can have a, every day of your life be hard, or you can have key moments of your life, of your day be hard that make the daily life easier. So it's like, choose your heart. Right. So that thought went through my head. It's like, this is hard. It's like, well, yeah, make, you know, choose the hard choice, choose the short, hard, you know, short-term hard path so that you're not having to live a long-term hard path, which is where my thought went whenever I was doing that. It's true though. Yeah. I mean, that applies to everything. Yeah. Yeah. So working's hard, but so So being broke. broke. Yeah. <laughs> you know? That's true. Yeah. It's true. Yeah. So Ryan Ryan dropped a little bomb on that one. And it's funny, I since when he said that, I've heard that like three or four times. I say, I, I saw it on on Facebook or Instagram 
before he said it, but when he said it, it was really good. And then same, I've seen it pop up on Instagram a number of times since then. I heard someone, I heard it in a podcast recently. It sounds like something Gary Vee would say. Yeah, it does. What, working is hard, but being broke is hard? Uh, yeah, like choose your hard. Like, uh, okay, yeah, you can hard. choose, like, gotcha. yeah. working is hard, but being broke is hard. So choose which hard, you know what I mean? Gotcha. Um, yeah. Working out is hard, but being overweight is hard. So choose your hard. Like, yeah. so it's like that that mentality. So, yeah. um, and I think, it, I think it even plays into like choosing joy, right? It's like, um, choosing joy is hard, but being, you know, but not choosing it is hard. Yeah. I mean, you even think about the ramifications of not choosing joy isolated, you know, I'm not saying that just because I'm not saying people, I'm not saying every person that is depressed is choosing to be depressed, but I do believe people put themselves in depressive states because they're not choosing the things around them that could help bring them happiness. I would yeah, say that absolutely. there are certainly chemical imbalances and all those things that we can go in all that way. But I think it's like, you know, choose, you know, sometimes it's hard to choose to pull yourself out of a funk, but the alternative is it's hard to sit for days, weeks, months in the funk too. So like, mm -hmm. you know, choose your hard. Um, so yeah, that's, that's uh, I totally agree with that. Yeah. So, um, and so we talked about prayer on Sunday. We said prayer should be our first response, not our last resort. And what we were talking about is like this idea that sometimes like we'll live our whole life. And then like when we need, when we need God, the reality is we need God all the time. But the subconscious thought process is I've got this. And then like, God, I'm good. I don't really need your help. But if things start going awry, like I'll let you know and you can chime in and like help get me out of yeah. this. Like, um, and it's like, man, prayer should be our first response. Like it should be the thing we go to first, you know, not our last resort of like, oh God, I need you to fix this thing that I jacked up. You know, um, I went in this relationship I wasn't supposed to be in. I've been in it for three years. Now I'm engaged, but now I'm feeling like I'm not supposed to be with this person. It's like, so get me out of it. It's like, <laughs> Okay. Like, you know, like, um, sure. God's like, I mean, but you know, so, so instead of bringing God in the process, so like God just put me in, help me, you know, give me peace about, help me show me like all those things. You know, a lot of times we don't do that. No. You know, we just need a fire alarm prayer. It's like pastor Chris calls them, you know, and it's like, no, it should be our first response. You know, pray about everything. And I think that's what the Bible meant when it's like pray without ceasing. You know, she's like, pray about everything. What would God have you do in every situation? You know, um, and I do believe God, like if it's something he doesn't care about, he'll tell you about that. Like I, you know, <laughs> don't care. Do but seriously. But, yeah. and he'll use whatever decision you make to operate according to his sovereignty and his grace and the things he needs to execute. But, you know, I just think that's, I could see God sometimes. I mean, no, I can't see God. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine God sometimes? Like, yeah. Where is he now? Where is he uh, now? No. You know what I mean? Like, just being like, nah, like, I can't you all the stuff you didn't make decisions on in the past year, you ain't praying about none of them, but you're praying about, you oh. know, oh, you, yeah. need, you, you need a, a new, you know, a new cell phone or something and how I'm going to make a way for you. Like, nah. Yeah. No, I, was, I, <laughs> I don't care about that. It's a good thing. I ain't God. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Cause I, I let some of y'all just be left up, <laughs> left up. Yeah. You just got to figure that out. You got yourself here. Yeah. You just want to figure it out. I'm not, like I could totally be, uh, that way. A hundred percent. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah, that's the same with me. And I tell Ashley all the time. I'm like, I don't think God's going to let me win the lottery. Cause I would definitely tithe. <laughs> I told the Lord I would tithe 50% if you ever let me win the lottery. 
Fifty percent. Ashley, Ashley looked at me and said, fifty. I was like, well, now we're not going to win. Your heart's yeah. in the wrong place. <laughs> so, she's like, he only asked for 10. I'll give him 15. I was like, <laughs> so, um, yeah. but we were joking around about it, but I was joking. I'm like, man, God's not going to win. Like, you know, my, you know what my shoe collection will look like? Don't get me wrong. I would help people. I would take, oh, I'd go on course. mission trips. I still have stuff. I'd do all that, but you better believe I'd have the full clock in 10 different colors, man. Like, like Jordan Tucker. 1 through 12. Yeah, yeah. yeah his, the whole, his, <laughs> yes, exactly. Shoot, crazy. Dude, PJ Tucker's shoe game is ridiculous. He's an NBA I, basketball player. I'd still yeah. have stuff. Oh, no doubt. My watch yeah. game, my shoe game would be impeccable. <laughs> I get my hair cut. Iced out. At, at least once a week, if not more. Oh yeah, and that would be happening. They're gonna come to my house too. Yeah, I'm not coming to your shop. Yeah. I would give Neil a room <laughs> in my new house that I built because I won the lottery. Like yeah. I, that's, that's how that would go. Shout out to Neil. I yeah, just so don't shout out Neil. I don't Neil the think, I don't think I need. I'm gonna say this. I don't need fu money. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. I don't need that kind of money. <laughs> yeah, 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 I, yeah, 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 like, yeah, yeah. No one gonna tell me nothing if I had that. Like, no, like, yeah, yeah, and that yeah. would just be bad. Like, yeah, you know. Yeah, I don't. I, that's not. And I, by fu, I meant forget you. Yeah, yeah, you know, forget you. Of course, everybody knew that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but yeah, I don't. I, yeah, that's the thing. Like, I feel like God would be like. I think God's like, no, no, no. You don't. You don't need that. Yeah. Like you. That's not. That's not a look for uh, you. Uh, uh, yeah, because I would. You know, like. I said, I'd be wild. New paddock on my. <laughs> so yeah that's so that's you know it is what it is but nonetheless you know um prayer our connection to god and philippians 4 4 through 5 says rejoice in the lord always and again i'll say rejoice um let your gentleness be evident all because the lord is near yeah um and and in that we kind of unravel philippians 4 throughout the rest of the sermon where we're talking about how paul is walking us through um a, a a joy filled life for the believer right and so um you know don't be anxious about anything um after point one but he says so he's talking about like about our anxieties our anxiousness our cares our concerns um he goes through all of those things um you know our request all that so we're, we're going to kind of take a tour through philippians 4 starting verse 4 and then kind of just un, again unraveling it as we go through um, the sermon. And again, as you guys know, we say it every week. Uh, we say we, you can go listen to the whole sermon, which I encourage you to do it's on the channel already. Um, but today we're just kind of doing a recap. So absolutely. Number one, number one, prayer replaces worry, replaces worry. Right. Nate, I feel like you're not a worried kind of guy. Um, <laughs> I might hide it well then. Okay, good. Yeah, yeah, you <laughs> because, know, you know, I, I do get worried and, um, you know, a lot of big things have been happening in my life recently and it's definitely caused some little anxiety and worry in my life. So, mm. um, mm-hmm. so, but that definitely goes along with, um, you know, uh, another point you have like throwing and casting, yeah, yeah, casting yeah. it to God. Um, but you know, when when I first, I wasn't there on Sunday, so I watched it um, online. And so I got to write a little more in-depth notes whenever I watched it online. And when you first, uh, I don't mean to go off this point, but like when you first talk about prayer and everything, mm-hmm. what first came to my mind, like when you said pray without ceasing and uh, pray pray for everything, that means to me, like, what does prayer look like? Like, that's the first thing that came to mind. What does prayer look like? And um, some people might think that prayer is just you being in a silent room on your knees, bowing your head and, and right, having right. that talk to God. But 
like we said, when we're driving, that's one of the biggest times where like you have to choose joy and everything. I think prayer is, um, as well as not saying that that's not important, sure. but it's also just talking to God on mm-hmm. a daily basis, prayer without ceasing, talking to God with it. So whenever somebody cuts you off in traffic, be like, God, <laughs> God, <laughs> give, give, give me joy. God, you know, that I think that's prayer. And yeah. I think that's powerful that, um, that, it's important that people understand what prayer looks like. It, it looks like all that, but it also looks like having that conversation throughout the day with God. Right. So, no well, yeah, because what it, prayer isn't is asking God for stuff. Right. I mean, like, asking it's, it's not only that. It's, right. You know, yeah. and yeah. that's I think what a lot of people think. It's like we when we need something, we go to God and pray. Yeah. yeah. It's like know? our list of Santa Claus. Right. 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 Can I have this? And can I have this? And can I have this? It's, it is an ongoing conversation. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 So I think that's what it kind of means too. When it says pray without ceasing is mm-hmm. like, that's just that co- constant conversation throughout the day. Yeah. And, and, uh, so, yeah, and that's good. I mean, I'm glad you brought that up. That's one of the things too. I think we need to, that is, you know, um, for some people, particularly new believers needs to be more clearly defined, right. Is like, you know, what prayer is and what prayer is not, you know what I mean? Like prayer, you know, prayer is our request. Prayer is, um, asking like that is a part of prayer, but so is surrendering as a part of prayer. Absolutely. Um, aligning ourselves as part of prayer, you know, so God bring me to where you are. Um, you know, I think one of the big things that, uh, that I think more believers need to institute more often in their life is the fact that prayer is something that's to be out loud. So your thoughts aren't prayer. Yeah. Right. Um, I do believe God knows our thoughts, but I think he wants to hear our words. Um, and I think one of the tricks of the enemy, this is very broad stroke, but whatever, um, is to remove the voice of the believer. Show me a person that doesn't pray out loud and I'll show you a person that doesn't preach out loud. And when I say preach, I don't mean literally like give an altar call or whatever, but I mean like that doesn't talk about the gospel. Yeah. The one, the one that the enemy has silenced in prayer, he's also silenced in words, uh, in the streets in their friend circles, they're not the influence. You know what I mean? Like yeah. um, those two things run in tandem. So it's, uh, I, I believe every believer needs to get their voice back that they have confidence. You know, I, I think a lot of it is just like, they feel dumb. Like I feel stupid praying out loud to God. It's like, yeah, it's, that I, I personally believe it's, that's the enemy. One of the enemy's tactics, Absolutely. you know, to silence, to, to make you feel like you don't have a voice when it comes to these types of things. Uh, and so praying out loud, is so important. Um, and I'm not one of those guys that's like, there's an enemy behind every bush, you know what I mean? Type of thing. Like everything's demonic, whatever. Like that's, I'm not that guy, but I do believe the enemy has been strategic in believers and silencing them, just taking away their voice. Like, you know, maybe that'll be on a series one day, but, uh, you know what I mean? Like, and I think we need to get our voice back. So yeah, absolutely. What prayer is and what prayer is not, those things are important to understand. So, but yeah. And going back to like, you'd say, I mean, worry and everything, but like, you know, I definitely speak that to God, like, God, I'm worried, you know, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm anxious, but that goes along with when your point that you brought up is where we worry about most is evidence of where we trust God the least. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, um, it, it it kind of shines light into those dark places that, you know, the Holy spirit can say, Hey, you know, look at that yeah. or, you know, stuff like that. So, yeah. Uh, Tim Keller, I think I used it last week or the week before, you know, um, we worry, we, we worry when we think God won't get it right. And we're bitter when we believe God got it wrong. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, it's like, man, God's, you know, God's got us, you know, he's, he's, he's there for us, you know? Mm-hmm. So yeah, I, I totally agree. Matthew six twenty seven, you know, who of you by worrying 
can add a single hour to your life. Like, so it's not, you know, uh, and, and I, I love, you know, some of the things that I heard and studied as I was getting, as I was putting this together, you know, but I love the idea that if you worry about something and it happens, you worry twice. Yeah. I remember you saying that. (laughs) If you worry about something and it doesn't happen, then you worried pointlessly Mm -hmm. or in vain, you know? Um, and it's like, man, how often do we give up the, the current moment worrying about a moment that we don't know is going to get here. And it's like, man, there are some people that have been stalemated in their life because they have allowed what might happen to, to, to take away or paralyze them in the moment that is happening, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, and it's like, man, get out of that. You know what I mean? Um, and I think God, like that, that, that particular thing doesn't affect me very much. Like I'm not a natural worrier. I tell, I tell people I'm prepared, but I'm not worried. You know, it's like, so I I have thought about things that could happen in the event that this or this happens. And so I've kind of got contingency plans in my head, but after I do that and like, that's the amount of thought I've given it, like, that's not going to keep me up at night, you know? So that's how we rock. Yeah. So, and then number two. Yeah. Prayer relinquishes control. Prayer relinquishes control. Um, Philippians four, six through seven by prayer and petition and Thanksgiving, present your request to God. And that the word present literally means to like, to lay down and walk away. You think about like, uh, you know, if you were going to present something to a King, you know, and he's sitting on his throne, you're going to walk up, you're going to lay it down and you're going to back away. And that's essentially like what, what that word present is. Okay. It, it equals, you know, um, in our language. So it's not that you get to hold on to it, you know? Um, so prayer relinquishes control. Like God, you've got this more than I've got this mm-hmm. type vibe, you know? Um, that's what we said on Sunday. Like God, God won't co-own your problems with you. Like it's either your problem or his problem, but it won't be both, you know? So <laughs> either you're going to take care of it, he's going to take care of it, but both of you won't be taking care of it. And I can promise you, if you're the one taking care of it, you're going to jack it all up. All right. And the only way that you may not mess it up is if he like sovereignly moves and graciously <laughs> gives you what you need in the midst Seriously. of it. Right. Um, but for the big reason, which is that he's not going to co on the glory with you when he pulls you through it. Right. Like mm-hmm. think about you. We all think about like areas of our life, you know, where God brought us through something, you know, we're all relatively young here, you know, except Justin, you're, I think you're getting up there yeah, now. You're but. old. <laughs> I'm the youngest one here. <laughs> oh, I'm going to outlast everybody. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but no, 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 but for real though, that, uh, that God has brought us all through so many things and every time for believers, when he brings us through something, um, do we take the glory on ourselves? Look how awesome I am. Look how good I am. Or are we, a, are we a mirror of reflection to show people what God did for us, through us, in us during that season? Um, cause that's the part that's so important, right? Um, and that's where we get to first Peter five, seven, where it says cast your anxiety on him for he cares for you. And, and the Phillips Bible, you know, you can throw the whole weight of your anxieties upon him for you are his personal concern. Like that's powerful, Mm -hmm. you know, like, so God, you are his personal concern. So, um, and so, yeah, that's a huge part of making sure that we're, you know, we're casting, we're releasing, we're letting it go. You know, it's not a yo-yo that we throw and bring back to ourselves. You know, um, it's something that we legitimately have to let go of, 
you know, and like, I know you're going through like a little season right now of like, Lord, yeah. <laughs> I'm ca- casting this on you right now. You yeah. Know? Yeah. With, uh, you know, my new orders going to California or whatever. Yeah. Nate's, is... Nate's got to go to California, y'all. Yeah. Out of nowhere. But you know, it's, it's definitely, uh, something that I need to cast on God and let him know that there's a plan. Cause honestly, uh, a big part of that is the testimony of me sitting right here with you guys. Cause like coming to Pensacola, I had the same thoughts. Like, yeah. I never even heard of Pensacola until <laughs> I joined the Navy. I'm like, what is this place? Like, yeah. is, what is, Pen- is that even a thing? Like, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, it's a thing. <laughs> <laughs> but like, that's, that's a, a testimony of my life because how good God has been when I just casted it out. Cause there was a one point I was in my room, just on my knees, just said, all right, God, I, it's all yours. Like, and that's, it, it just proves his faithfulness. And that goes along with prayers and how my mom and I were praying for this right here and the friends that I have and the family mm. that I have. It's, it's literally you guys, as much as like cheesy as that sounds, this is a living testimony of yeah. God's faithfulness in my life and in my prayers and Come relinquishing on. the control to all that. So, yeah. 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 And, I, and I think that, you know, I always, I always challenge people to think about like, man, where would God have been if we answered all of our prayers the way we wanted them to be answered? Yeah. You know, like, um, maybe, you know, you didn't move to Pensacola, you get stuck in like Timbuktu, Arkansas or something with like no friends and no faith community and no, you know, anything, you know, and you're, you feel like you got to watch online church cause there's not a church around you or what are you doing? And just stuff like that. And it's like, yeah. man, God graciously didn't give me what I thought I wanted in that moment (laughs) you know what i mean it's a garth brooks song i wouldn't know but it sounds like a thing is it yeah some of god's greatest gifts are unanswered prayers oh i think i have heard people talk about that it's a good song well sounds like a good song garth brooks Brooks, that's the last one country was good yeah (laughs) (laughs) but no but seriously Yeah. <laughs> I looked at it and it was like, I don't think country was ever good. And then you, I was like, yeah, yeah, no, for sure. No, country was good. Johnny Cash? No. That's yeah. a little too far back for me. Uh, that's when country was good. No, it's a little too, a little too. Ring of it's fire. A, it's a bit Burn much. Ring of fire. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, then number three, prayer brings truth to life. Uh, and this is the one that on Sunday, I wish I had more time to elaborate on and I didn't just because like, time um but you know philippians 4 8 through 9 says finally brothers and sisters whatever is true whatever is noble and i also want to pause for a second philippians 4 8 through 9 finally brothers and sisters what paul is saying right there is he's not talking to the whole world he is talking to believers and i I think a lot of times as christians we try to get non-believers to do believer things all all day long Christians do that so it's like you know we try to get the world full of sin in their heart to modify to Christian ethics and morals and even practices and so listen when your non-saved friend can't focus on what's true and noble and right and pure and lovely well it's because they're they don't have the capacity to do the sin is consume their life. Paul's talking to believers right now, brothers and sisters. That's not slang like brother. Like, no, it's like brother. You, those that are brothers with me adopted into sonship in Christ Jesus, whatever is true, 
whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about those things, right? And he's trying to get us back choosing joy, like put your mind on those things. Whatever you learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice. And then the God of peace will be with you. And so many times, A, as believers, we're not focused on what's true, what's noble, what's right, what's pure, what's lovely. We're focusing, we're focused on what lines up with our politics, what we think about the world, where we think the, whatever should be going on. I, should you wear a mask? Should you not wear a mask? We're not focused on any of the right things. We're focused on all these things that I would say matter less. I'm not gonna say they don't matter. I'm saying when they consume our thoughts, they matter less. Meanwhile, all the things that are pure, lovely, noble, true, we haven't given our mind to those things at all, but we're looking for the God of peace to be with us. We want to choose joy, but we haven't put our mind on the things that give us the ability to choose joy. So that's happening. And then what we try to do is we've replaced, man, oh, what's his name? I'll have to, I'll look it up in a second. Um, one of the pastors said that, um, you know, we have replaced what is right. We've replaced what is true and what is right with what, with what is right to us. And so it's like, we've, we've made what is right just to be our preference and as long as you align with my preference, then you can be right too. And it was like, like current state of America. <laughs> yeah. So it doesn't even matter if it's biblical. Does it fit my preference? Um, and, and when I read that, I was like, golly, like, obviously we know that to be true, but to read it in words, I'll have to look up the full tweet uh, and exactly the way he worded it. Cause it was really good. But, um, yeah. And in that, I think what many believers have done, and this is what I wish I had a little more time to touch on on Sunday, but what many believers have done, particularly young believers, but I would say this even ventures into older believers as well. I just, we just see it more. I think the behavior is more evident in younger believers than older believers because we haven't recognized truth. It's impacted our identity and in our insecurity, we operate so much. So we become like driven by insecurities. So we try to overcompensate our insecurities by whatever our overcompensation tactic is. Um, and it's like, we've believed the lies. And even for believers, even for Christians, particularly I see this more in young Christians that have believed the lies that they're not enough, that they're not good enough, that people don't love them or whatever, like whatever it is that, that the lie is, they don't counter it with truth, they mask it with insecure tactics. So rather than speaking to it and saying, no, 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 that's, that's a lie from the enemy. God says this, they just go, well, if, if that's true, if I do these things, people will love me more. So they don't speak to it and dismantle the lie. Mm-hmm. They just cover up the lie with some tactic, you know? Uh, and I believe God wants to allow truth to bring truth to life and the believer, the problem is you're only going to do that by speaking truth and you're only going to know truth by reading truth. Right. Um, therefore, uh, we have to do two things. We have to pray and we have to read. So we have to be connected to God relationally with prayer and we have to be had connected to truth in the word. Like those two things have to be synonymous. And I think we've missed out on that yeah. a lot. That's so. pretty good. I wish I had more time on Sunday to elaborate on that, but I didn't. (laughs) (laughs) No, we did not. Yeah. No, that's good though. So, but prayer brings truth to life. That's what we said on Sunday. Prayer brings truth to life and a lack of prayer allows lies to land. And I think, again, I think this impacts younger people more. I think we see the manifestation of tactics to mask insecurities more. I think the older generation has just become honorary in their insecurities. 
So they're just like, so I think the older generation is like, well, this is just how I'm going to be. Don't care. You know, whereas the young people, at least they're aware of it. And they're like, well, I don't want to be like this. So let me do these things. So people don't see this in me. <laughs> I think the older generation is just like, it's going to be what it's going to be. Like, if you don't like me, get over it type of vibe. Right. Yeah. And, uh, I think a lot of that kind of goes with like the social media nowadays and all that. Oh yeah. Like, of course. Everything. Like yeah. being who you aren't, you aren't meant to be like people put on like what, what it should be. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And you know, it's, it's a facade. It's yeah. Yeah, totally. It's, a, it's yeah. fake. It's, yeah, it's all fake. The whole yeah. thing's fake. Yeah, the projection, right? And mm -hmm. uh, and again, I think I think you're right. You know, average age Facebook. What was the last data? Average age Facebook was like 52 or something. Something like that. It's, yeah, it's aged way up. Yeah, yeah, so it's aged way up. And Instagram is in the high 30s, maybe even 40s at this point. I haven't looked in a couple of years. You know, so we have more older people getting into that space, and millennials. Who are st who still haven't dealt with their crap are just getting older. Mm -hmm. That's yeah. That's so it's like, you know, essentially, um, and I think that that's I think that's a tragedy right now. I mean, millennials, oldest millennials, what like forty one right now? Depend upon depending on which study you use. Yeah, yeah, yeah. forty ish. 40. You know that means Sorry. that means millennials could very well have twenty five year old children in some spaces, I'm not saying they should, I'm saying they could have, you know, 25 to 20 to 15 year old children in that space. So we have a generation of millennials who has been so desperately or deeply impacted by the ramifications of a false image through social media who now is, so their, their image live, the lies about their image has impacted their psyche, their self image, how they understand themselves. And now they're raising children no differently than the way they're, yeah they believe about themselves projected mm -hmm. on the children. Yeah. yeah. So, um, in such a way that I believe we see some parents expecting their children to, to be the change that they couldn't create themselves yeah, or to live up to the expectations they couldn't live up to or whatever. It's like, man, we've got quite a, quite a carousel of problems here. Yeah. A lot of problems <laughs> when it comes to that kind of stuff. Yeah. Well, I mean, a lot of parents are, they get their self-esteem and, from their kids' accomplishments. Man, listen. And I was, that's, uh, it's pretty crappy. I feel like it's not as bad down here. How was it in Pennsylvania? I'm curious about this. I was in New York. I've been in, I go to New York, New Jersey a lot. Not this year because of COVID, but, um, and one of the things I've noticed in the North, it's, it's worse up there. And I'm curious because you're from Pennsylvania, uh, PA now. So, um, <laughs> but up there, all the ones causing all these vote problems right now, though. Don't start with <laughs> Get it right together. Right there, Pennsylvania. <laughs> one. <Yeah. laughs> Brian McKnight. Anyway, so, um, uh, I see more parents in the North get more of a, um, they find more validation in themselves according to where their kids are going to college. I feel like that's more in the North than it is in the South. Is that bad in Pennsylvania? Honestly, I don't know if I can speak on that. Cause I don't know if you don't, okay, I, I, I never really like never been a part of this convo. Yeah. Never been a, I mean, yeah, I wouldn't say my parents weren't, they weren't that weren't, way, weren't that way, but I'm not saying that's not yeah. other people's parents. Um, but yeah, honestly, I don't know. I yeah. couldn't tell you. I, f I feel like based on some of the conversations I've had, which is limited in the scope of things, but I, yeah. I, I mean, it's almost like, man, like where you went to school up there is like, if your kid went to school here, then like that's firm validation for you at parenting or whatever, you know what I mean? I know you've talked about it before with one of your siblings too, but yeah. um, it's like- That could be a thing, yeah. Yeah, you know, and so I was just curious. I don't know how that went for you, but yeah, I mean, we find so much validation in things that 
just don't matter, you know? Um, or, or, I mean, I think it's, it's when you're, if you're a parent, I think your biggest, your biggest concern should be the well-being and happiness of your kids. And I think too many parents are pushing their kids to do things that doesn't make them happy so they can tell their friends and look good to their, yeah, to the Mike people goes in to the, Harvard or whatever. Yeah. Mike, Mike, it goes to Harvard and the kid didn't want to go to Harvard, you know, or whatever. And, yeah. and, but you want to be the big shot in the neighborhood. So, yeah. you know, like, mm-hmm. and then you add on, like we've talked about before, then you add on the kids taking on debt just to do something to make mom and dad happy. They don't even want to do it just so mom and dad can look good in the neighborhood or at the country club or in the family or whatever. It's like, that is crap parenting. If mm-hmm. you parent that way, stop. Yeah, that, yeah, that, yeah, that's, yeah. That's bull crap. Yeah. You know, um, it's just ter- it's just terrible. It's like now, if your kid wants to do stuff, I mean, it's it's what it's, I'm not saying don't be proud of your kid. It's a problem when you're pushing your kid to do something that doesn't make them happy. Yeah. So you can feel good about yourself. That's right. where it's crap. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And that's why being in the truth and praying. And yeah, no is, doubt is important. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we do we do some pretty significant lifting around here, helping young people through, you know, problems slash damage slash trauma slash unhealthy upbringings. I mean, like, because we're a house of sons and daughters, that's kind of inevitable. Yeah. Um, and so as we start to spiritually parent some of these kids, one of the things we have to do is reshape their identity that we find out has been broken by a parent who had expectations or projections or whatever. It was like, brother, I, I can't even, you know, and trying to help break that is so hard sometimes where it's yeah. like, I don't care what your father told you. You're not worthless. You're not ugly. You're not, you know, you know, whatever, whatever it is that they said, stupid or, you know, like stuff like that. And you'd be shocked at how, how sometimes it's the smallest of things can start to really grab a hold of people's psyche and still really start to define them, you know? Um, that's why freedom groups are good. Uh, unselfish plug about freedom groups. Plug, yeah. <laughs> plug yeah. Them. yeah. January freedom groups kick back off prayerfully. Lord willing conference will be in March, April ish. So, uh, that'll be good, but no doubt April. Yeah. April, somewhere around there just after Easter, I think. Mm-hmm. So something like that, but, and then number four, prayer increases my faith, faith. Right. Um, Philippians 4, 11 to 13. I've worked in whatever situation I am to be content. I know how to be brought low. I know how to be abound. Uh, I know in any and every circumstance, I've learned the secret of facing plenty and hunger, abundance and need. Um, You know, and essentially, you know, one of the things I said on Sunday um, that seems to have been kind of a a catchphrase that people have adopted easily is the, that whole, like, I'm good. God's got me mentality. Like, yeah. You know, aren't you worried about whatever? It's like, I'm good. God's got me, you know, like I'm not going to lose sleep. I'm trusting in the Lord. I've got faith. You know, I'm not going to be stupid. I'm going to use wisdom. I'm going to pray with discernment. I'm going to do all those things. I'm going to allow the Holy Spirit to lead and guide me. And because of that, I'm good. God's got me, you know, so. It's good stuff. (laughs) You know, so, but allowing prayer to increase my faith. And a lot of people are consumed with anxieties um, because, but they don't have a prayer life at all. So their, you know, their faith is low. Therefore their concern is high, which is driving their anxieties and depression and stuff like that. So, yeah. And I think uh, this one definitely goes hand in hand with the prayer releases, uh, relinquishes control. 
in which like yeah. without that's that's increasing faith and that happened to me with like my finances and stuff and giving like you know if i wouldn't i don't think i would be where i am today with tithing and everything if i didn't pray and which in, prayer increased my faith with which then helped me relinquish control of sure. my finances yeah. so mm-hmm. and giving that control to god so I yeah that yeah absolutely yeah that's huge you know huge <laughs> Huge. And, and also realize, you know, and it's, and it's one of the things seeing talking about faith, you know, for, cause I know there's still a number of people that are worried, concerned, you know, fearful, whatever. Um, even when it comes down to the presidential election and, and whatever direction that's going to go, um, you know, uh, my personal position doesn't really matter, uh, on where that stands. Um, but I think that it's one of those things where like, we're talking about faith is knowing that like God doesn't think four years at a time. You know, we said that on Sunday, like God doesn't think four years at a time. Like, so for those of us that are worried, like, well, what's going to happen over the next four years? Like, bro, God's playing a chess game. You know, he's not looking at one jump in checkers. He's looking at the whole game of chess. He's beginning to end. You know, he says Kings in place, rulers in place. You know, what we need to be doing is, praying for our leaders, whoever that leader is going to be like praying for that leader. Um, and whoever get, whoever that person is, is who God's going to use to accomplish his ultimate will and bring himself with the most glory. And here we are, you know what I mean? So, um, yeah, I heard something very interesting. I read something very interesting last night about, it was talking about like, I'm saying this because people have the anxieties, especially like you just said right now, what, what's going on. Mm-hmm. It was talking about how, you know, even like we say things like God's in control, even with the election and God's hit, God's pick a person and all, all these kind of, you know, maybe cliche statements, you mm-hmm. know, but they were talking about how when the devil tempted Jesus in the desert, he was talking about all the kingdoms he could give him. Mm-hmm. Well, if, if Satan could have given Jesus kingdoms, that implies Satan owns them. So the, the, the person was making the argument that the governments as a whole, nations and all these things, is all run by, it's all, it's all ultimately run by the enemy because that, that's what their argument was. That's how Satan would have been able to give it to Jesus because he owns them. And I was like... Mm, that's hermeneutically fragmented. That's a little interesting. <laughs> you know, it's a little interesting. You yeah. know, I see what the, I see their point they're trying to make, Yeah, but yeah. it's like, at, I think what they were, I think the point ultimately, if I remember right, what they were trying to make, I, I wish I could find the article, um, was at the end of the day, we have to focus on the things of God and all these things. Mm-hmm. And as Christians, not, you know, it's not about creating a theocracy where we need Christian uh, Christian presidents and like all it's about focusing on God because at the end of the day, those things are going to be, they're not going to go our way anyways. And in the end, you know, that's kind of the point they were making. Yeah. I I lean more into an eschatological framework for that. Yeah. um, With a, an understanding of the end to eschatological, sorry, podcast. Um, I, I lean into an understanding of how the end times are going to manifest and unfold and how God's going to work all things together for his ultimate glory at the end of all of this. At the end, right. Um, And so uh, my response to that would be, that's a probably not a great hermeneutical uh, crap podcast, Uh, (laughs) a great understanding of how the text is established in that. Um, Had Jesus chosen that Satan would have had the authority to give it to him. That's the unfolding of that portion of the text, right? Is that had, had Jesus said, yes, therefore sinned, 
the enemy would have had the control right. to then be able to relinquish. So he was saying, if you choose it, like if you bow to me, then I'll give and So what he was saying is if you'll bow to me, I'll give this back to you, you know? Right. Like, so, but nonetheless, yeah, I don't, I, I don't disagree with, I don't who even know who the author, yeah. like, I don't know who the person was. Like, they're not yeah. like a theologian. I'm sure they were just making an I'm, argument. I'm like very sure yeah. at the end of the day, it's like we, you know, at the end of the day, it's, it's, but I don't disagree with the premise right. that in every aspect of the world, including government, Satan has worked his lies, schemes and, right. and people into, uh, and God has allowed in his sovereignty them to main, take positions and, uh, you know, um, all of those things to work themselves out. Ultimately, all of those things are going to unfold to lead to what God's right in time goal will be. Um so, but yeah, no. And, and I think that's, I think there's an element of truth to that. I think, I think it's just like so many other things in our life where the pendulum swings and we spend far too much time on one side of the line or the other. Mm-hmm. So if you think about a swinging pendulum, I think where Christians should be is right in the middle, but we spend the vast majority of our time hitting that part and swinging way on the other side of it and spending time over here and hitting it and swinging way. Like where, you know, we spend the vast majority of our time on one side or the other of the place we should be. And by God's grace, occasionally we hit it, but it's just in that swing to the other side again to not be, you know, not be where maybe where we should or have our prayer where it should be or our belief or our faith or whatever, um, where it should be. Um, so that's my own, you know, like analogy where I think Christians are, are constantly at. Um, but all that to say, yeah, I mean, I'm not shocked when a sinful world does sinful things, right? Like a sin filled world does sinful thing. I, I, you know, that's why I tell people all the time. They're like, well, so-and-so, you know, like Kanye West or whatever, you know, like T pain, like Kanye is a Christian now, by the way, duh. <laughs> Fair you, enough. Where you been? I'll give that to you. Uh, <laughs> but like, you know, when people do yeah. stuff, I'm like, so, you know, birds, fin, you know, birds, birds fly, fish swim and center well, sin. Like stop getting shocked. Well, and, and I don't want, I don't <laughs> want this to get too crazy on this podcast, you know, but it's like, cause I, it can get crazy. On I always party. felt that way. Even before I was in ministry about, you know, like homosexual yeah. marriage. And yeah. that's always been like, I, I Christians were so appalled. It's like, but it's an abomination. Like to us, they don't feel like, you know what I mean? Like if you're not a, like I I was always shocked that Christians were shocked when people who weren't Christians didn't believe in their Christian values. Like, what are you shocked at? Like what's going on here? I I agree with that. I think that that's a, you know, not to get way down the rabbit hole on that, but I I think that that's an interesting one. I mean, you and I have talked about this before. Mm -hmm. I always think that one's interesting because it's like marriage is a Christian institution that, that, government adopted right but it's a christian institution yeah so if you don't believe in god and you don't like we, we can go down the list of like atheism or atheism and all that stuff do if you don't believe in any of those things why do you want a christian a christian institution to as the approval for your relationship like i don't understand that that logic anyways however the government has adopted it so then there's now there's governmental approvals and all that other stuff which you none of that license. really matters but yeah right yeah, like yeah. so none of that really matters uh, but, but all that to say but Christians are they spend a lot of time being flabbergasted that people who don't share their belief system 
You know, it's like, yeah. what are you shocked at? Yeah, I literally just had like a memory pop up on my Facebook earlier of a post that I shared. Like, what, I think it was like three Christmases ago when Starbucks got rid of like the, are they doing like the red cups or something for Christmas? I just got one like, like a week ago because yeah, they just like, did that too. It probably was nothing yeah. and Christians made a big thing out of it for no stupid yeah, Essentially, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, yo, like Starbucks has gone out of their way to communicate the fact that they are not Christ-centered, but we're shocked when they're not doing Christian things or even giving pushback to Christian values. Like, come on guys, you know? Um, now like if Hobby Lobby were to like wild out a little bit, it'd be like, oh man, like we thought, you know, we could hold them to a standard and say, I thought you were these people. But even then I wouldn't care. I mean, I'm still going to go get some furniture for 50% it off or whatever, but I'm just like, <laughs> yeah, I think we're, you know, simple, small common sense and intelligence is evading many Americans these days. I mean, you know, it's like, of which believers belong to believers. Yeah, yeah, I, I feel like, what yeah. you, cause yeah. you're right. It's like the most Seattle company ever Starbucks <laughs> and all this. And like, y- y- y'all are mad. They didn't say Merry Christmas when you walked in. Like, yeah, of right, course right. they said happy holidays. First of all, happy holidays is offensive to me anyway. So yeah. I don't go on that. I do want to have a happy holiday. I, yeah. Yeah. Like what if, yeah, I mean, like so have bad, right. have bad holidays, you know? Right, <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah. 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 So yeah. So yeah. I, I, I agree. I think it's one of those things where like we have to, you know, it's like guys, 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 you know, major like, on the minors here. Very much so. Yeah. You know what I mean? Love your neighbor better. How about you start there? I mean, we haven't, we haven't invited our neighbor over for dinner and talk about Jesus once, but we're worried about what Starbucks is doing. Yeah. Like, that's, yeah, that's a whole nother monster with like offense and stuff. And, yeah. And I mean, John Bevere has a great book called the bait of Satan. And that's, <laughs> that's like, come on, um, Nate, yeah. talk about John Bevere a little bit. Yeah. But you know what that, you know why people do that? It's, 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 it's pseudo, it's a pseudo, um, activism. Mm-hmm. You can feel good about yourself that you did something because you sure. posted how bad Starbucks was and now you're some super Christian yet. Haven't you, loved your neighbor. Haven't loved your neighbor, yeah. you know, or whatever the case is. It's like, yeah. it's, it's, that's, it goes deeper into this ongoing conversation we have on this podcast that weaves in about, you know, the problem with the American church and mm-hmm. American Christians yep. is, is some of that. It's like, yeah. it's just like, yeah, oh, I hate to say his name because of all the stuff going down now, but it's like something I heard Carl Lentz say a long time ago was like, you know, it's, it's much easier to go pick it an abortion clinic than it is to get involved in a kid ministry or student ministry and start from the ground up. Boy, howdy. You know? Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. You could pat yourself on the back that you held a sign and hollered at an abortion clinic all day, but you won't spend, you won't spend a couple hours a week for years serving in a student ministry to teach to, to, to show kids what love is and all these things yeah, to exactly. prevent yeah. the person from needing to go to an abortion. Right. 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 Exactly. So it's no, like hundred percent. It's a crutch. Oh, that's already on my notes for next year. So, uh, <laughs> first or for a series for next year, it's going to be good. Uh, but nonetheless, yeah, I agree. You know, when it comes to Starbucks cups, you know what I mean? Like don't get mad. They took the Merry Christmas cups out. Just buy two cups that are red or silver or whatever that don't say Merry Christmas and take somebody one of them. How about that? Like, who cares? Like, I don't care what the cups say. I care about what you're doing with the extra cup that you bought. That's what I care about. So love yeah. people better. Well, show let's people. Let's talk Jesus. about that. You know, <laughs> when we spend five hours on a cup of coffee, maybe we're stupid anyways. <laughs> well, <laughs> including myself. Vanilla latte. Yeah. I mean, I like it too, but let's be real. It's, it's like, don't go there. Don't go there. Don't Six dollars. Like, I mean, come on. Like we got to get real with ourselves as people here. Like, you know, yeah. Uh, so I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, no, I, I, I'm guilty too. I'm just saying like I, I two dollars on, on yeah, mine. Yeah. It's like, yeah. But no, I feel that. And that's the thing too, you know, in, in all reality, it's allowing ourselves to be connected to God, which is, which is ironically number five prayer connects me to God as being connected to the heart of God Amen. and moving with God. And, um, 
knowing that, you know, as long as you're connected to God and you're praying, God, give me your heart, show me what you want. Um, lead me, guide me, you know, um, Proverbs 16, 20, those who trust in the Lord will be joyful, you know? Um, and so, yeah, I mean, God's, God's got us, you know, we even talked about in, in the sermon, I encourage you to go listen to it, but jo- you know, the story of Job, right. Where Job is, you know, there's some bad things happening in Job and Job saying, I look to the, you know, essentially I look to the left, I look to the right, I look in front of me, I look behind me, you know, the East, the West, North, South. I mean, I look everywhere and I can't find you. Um, but then he says, but you know, the way that I take. So like, even when it's not clear that you're with me or even when I've prayed and it doesn't look like you're going to do the things that I've asked you to do my way, hence California, right? Like, yeah. like even though those things are going on, you know, the way, like, you know, where I'm going mm-hmm. and you can, in your providence and in your sovereignty, make all things work together for the good of those, those who love him are called into his purpose and glory, you know? So, um, so yeah, that's just part of it. So, yeah. Good and stuff. then there's a song in the sermon and then an ending, which, uh, I'm not gonna, not gonna ruin that for anybody, but go listen, uh, oh, or watch on YouTube, good. the sermon from Sunday. No doubt. So, the show. Good stuff. Nate, any more thoughts, man? Um, no, just that last part. You know, it always takes back to that one poem to the footprints in the sand where mm. there's two footprints, then one, then there's only one. And then the guy's like, God, why'd you leave me? And God said, no, that's when I carried you. That's definitely. Mm-hmm. It's very, very yeah. Christian t-shirt of you to yeah. bring that up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, but you're right. I mean, yeah. I, saw, I love Paul Washer's. I think it's Paul Washer that addresses that. Maybe J.D. Greer. He said there was only ever one set of footprints. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> you were never walking. Yeah. God had you the whole time. <laughs> you know, I mean? um, my life is a testimony of that. So seriously, but no, yeah, no, I feel you. Yeah. Either, yeah, and but yeah, I just want to like my us. yeah my just like what does prayer look like? What does that look like before you even you know start about you know prayer? And I think that's that's huge. And then everything that you know prayer adds to your life and everything. It's it's <laughs> it's. It's amazing. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. Come on. Yeah. Good deal. Well, Nate, yeah. thanks for hopping on the podcast with us, yeah. man. It's yeah. good to have thanks you, bro. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. It's been, yeah. it's been, been a pleasure. It's been yeah. real. It's been, been real. real. It's been fun. It's been fun. <laughs> it's been it real fun. It has been real fun. It has been real fun. Yeah, I was going to say it ain't been real fun. <laughs> yeah, no. Uh, Justin, tell people where they can find more about the church. You can find us online at transformationchurch.com or Instagram and Facebook at Transformation Pensacola. There it is. All right, guys. Hey. We'll uh, catch y'all next week for another week, another sermon, another follow-up podcast. See you guys. Let's go. Later. Deuces. Thanks for tuning in to the Transformation Church weekly follow-up podcast. It would mean so much to us if you would subscribe, like, and review us on iTunes. You get double points if you show love by sharing it with your friends. Don't forget, you can follow Pastor Brad and Pastor Justin on Instagram and Twitter at at bradlivingston underscore and at Oswald underscore. Tweet them your questions and comments or email them to us at followup at transformationchurch.com. And for more information on Transformation Church, visit us online at mytc.life and on Instagram and Facebook at Transformation Pensacola.